Hi everyone, James Prescott here and you're welcome to the second episode of James Talks which is my new podcast. I'm really excited about this this project, it's only the second one I've done and I've got so many ideas to talk about and share with you and some great people to interview and it's going to be fantastic. Um, so today is episode two and this one is called the first word. Now, I want to begin today by telling a little story. Those of you who know the Bible will be familiar with this story. It's a story of Jesus' baptism. Now, when Jesus was baptised, Jesus hadn't done anything. He'd been a carpenter for, for 30 years, working with his family, working in in Nazareth, and he hadn't achieved anything that would you know, be remembered 2,000 years later. So Jesus goes and gets baptised by John in the Jordan, and as he comes out of the water, they hear a word from God saying, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Now, you know, nothing surprising there, we've heard that, that bit a lot, but if you just think about it for a second, God is pleased with Jesus, well pleased with Jesus. Jesus is his beloved son. And he hasn't done anything yet. Jesus hasn't done anything. I mean, he's been a carpenter, yes, he's worked for 30 years, yes, but in terms of his main mission on earth, to serve God and to minister and to to teach and to heal and to preach the kingdom of God, he hasn't done that. He hasn't done anything yet. And yet God is pleased with him. God says that he's his beloved. And this to me is an example of this word that I'm going to be talking about today. That word is grace. Because grace is where it all begins. Grace is where everything needs to begin. Not just in our, 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 our faith journey, our spiritual journey, but in our lives, in our work, in everything that we do. We need to begin with grace. So what is grace? Grace is talked about a lot. Um, Not enough for me. That's why I'm writing a book on grace at the moment. But grace to me is that you are enough as you are. That you belong as you are. That you are lovable. That you are chosen. That you are beloved that you are accepted, that you are welcome as you are. Broken, messed up, imperfect, flawed, with mistakes and regrets, bad habits, things we're ashamed of, before we've done anything on this earth even. The day we are born, we are enough. 
We are beloved, we belong, we are loved, we are accepted, we are welcomed by God. And this is a scandalous truth because we live in a world which is where everything's based on merit, where your value comes by what you do, what you earn, by what you have, what you possess, by whether you're in a relationship or not. All of these things are used to define our value. And value only value is earned, not given. Well, actually, the scandal of the gospel is that you're already enough. You were already enough the day you were born. If you did nothing else your entire life, you will still have infinite value and worth and merit and you will belong and you will be enough as you are. You don't have to be perfect and you don't have to prove yourself to anybody. Brené Brown talks about uh, vulnerability and to me vulnerability is kind of a dance partner with grace. It's very, very similar because grace is about vulnerability. Grace is about being honest about the truth of who you are, both the good and the bad. The bad being our flaws, our insecurities, our fears, our imperfections, our regrets, our addictions, our doubts. And the good being the fact that we are loved and accepted and valuable and precious. That we are enough. That we're loved infinitely and unconditionally by the creator of the universe. That we have amazing gifts. That we have stories to share. That we are beautiful and we are beloved. And both of these kinds of truths are are difficult to, to accept. Because we don't like to face the, we don't like to face bad truth, and we don't like to face good truth. Alcoholics Anonymous is a great example of this. What's the first thing you have to do when you go into Alcoholics Anonymous? You have to say, "I am an alcoholic." You have to own the truth of who you are, and that's not a difficult, not an easy thing to do. If you're an alcoholic, you have to confess that you're an alcoholic, to admit it, to to own that truth is a is a challenge. And to, uh, to, to own up to anything that we're ashamed of, that we don't want people to know about us, that we keep hidden, that, that we regret, is difficult for us. It's uncomfortable. But it's the only way that we can actually grow and process all of this stuff that we're dealing with. And the same comes with, all, with, with good truths. Because a lot of us don't want to believe that we are lovable, that we do matter, that we are loved. That we, that we are enough. Or that we have talents and abilities. Because we don't love ourselves and we don't like ourselves. And we, we'd rather, it's, it's easier for us to just not like ourselves. But it's not true. And both, so both of these kinds of truths are difficult for us to confront. I struggle with this. I struggle with this a lot. Both of these things. Last, um, last year I was having some money issues and uh, you know I was confronted by some very real circumstances with my bank that I had to deal with and I couldn't run away from it anymore I'd run away from it all my life I'd, I'd you know I'd hidden away from it I kind of not looked at bank statements and kind of didn't want to look at 
my finances. I was scared of it and paranoid about it and wanted to avoid it if I could. And But eventually I got to a point where I couldn't. I, I couldn't anymore. I had to go to see um, my local Christians Against Poverty group, which was led by my house group leader. And I went around her house and... I just I just sat with her and told her the truth and that you know I've been rubbish with money I've failed in this area I have totally screwed up and I'm in deep trouble and I need to get this sorted out and my house really was phenomenal she didn't judge me she didn't condemn me she didn't criticize me she didn't say anything except to say right how can I help you what can we do about it Let's figure out a way to get through this. She didn't treat me any differently. She just loved me and served me and said, you know, okay, I'm here for you. I will help you. And um, that, was a, that was amazing. That was a, And it made a huge difference because I was able to work out some really practical steps forward with her, which were really helpful. And then the same, going in front of my dad and having to, Tell him that I'm screwed up. I've got no hardly any money left, and I need some money to get through the month. Otherwise, I'm not going to have enough to, to live on. And to ask, ask, to ask your own father to to, to borrow money because you've screwed and admit you screwed up was it was horrible. It was I was so ashamed. You know, I was so embarrassed because I failed in this area that I shouldn't have failed at. You know, and but again, he was just loving and accepting. He didn't even. I didn't even have to ask him for money. He he just gave me some, and he said, "Don't you don't have to pay this back. This is this is just this is my gift to you. You just just deal with it, you know." And he supported me, and he supported me all through that process of dealing with it. And he was helpful in so many ways. And di- and again, didn't love, didn't judge me, didn't condemn me, didn't think of me any differently. Just loved me, and said, "You're enough." Basically, you know, my my love for you doesn't doesn't change because of this. And that's grace. Both my friend and my dad just loved me and said, yeah, you've made a mistake. Yeah, you need to take some action to deal with it. Yeah, you're not perfect, but I love you and I want to help you and I'm here for you and you're enough. And my my value of you does not depend on how good you are with money or Anything you do or anything you have or anything you own. I just love you. And that's grace. It's confronting the truth of who we are. And then allowing God in to deal with it. And taking practical steps to work through it. You know, so... If you've got an addiction, you need to go and confess it. You need to go and admit it. You need to go to a group and just talk about it and just start that process of working things through. If you've got something, if you've got a regret, if you've made a mistake and you need to own up to it and you're carrying it around with you, you need to do that. Because otherwise it will weigh you down for a long, long time. And eventually it will catch up with you because these things do. And then there's, the, the, then there's the thing about the good truth. The good truth is just as hard to accept. I have a great friend on social media and 
In fact, actually, to be honest, I've got lots of good friends on social media. And in particular, in the last few months, I've been making friends with some new people and building close close friendships. And there have been a few people who've spoken into my life about the gifts and talents that I have, about the calling that God has on me, about my responsibilities to that calling, and who I've been able to confess my imperfections to. And I said that you're awesome, you're loved, I care, you're, you're valuable, you're precious, you've got all these amazing talents and gifts. And God loves you as you are. You are valuable as you are. And it's so uncomfortable. I find it so, so difficult because I'm somebody who, over the years, because of what I've been through, has learned to not like himself and not love himself and not think he's worth anything and doesn't want to hear that I'm worth anything. This is a battle I have to go through all the time and that I'm still working through myself. That I have to believe that somehow that I am... I am unconditionally loved by the creator of the universe. That I'm already accepted, that I don't have to prove myself to him or to anybody or even to myself. And that I have these gifts, that I actually have gifts that I can use to help other people. You know, and it's... I'm sure there's some of you out there who feel the same, am I right? That you struggle to believe that you're worth anything, or that you matter, or that you have gifts that could make a difference to anybody, or that, or that your life is worth anything, or that God would ever love you. And maybe you've been made to feel that way by other people. But the truth is that you are enough as you are, that you are unconditionally loved, accepted, welcomed and enough, and you belong with the creator of the universe. You are, you are part of his family. You are a beloved child of God. As you are, with all your imperfections. Before you did anything. And that is an amazing truth. And I still struggle to comprehend that. But it's true. And again, that's grace. Receiving the truth of who you are and allowing it to transform you and then taking action to to make to to change and to and to live differently and to live according to that truth. And grace and vulnerability are the keys to creativity. Because when you realise that you are enough as you are and that you don't have to prove yourself to anybody and when you've been released from the pain of that of your past when you have been honest about it and confronted it and taken action on it and allowed god to love you and allowed others to love you and allowed yourself to be healed and transformed then you naturally want to pour this out into the lives of other people and you have something to bring to the lives of other people and when you are transformed by grace you are free from fear if you're grounded, if, you're, if your security and identity comes from who you are in Christ, which means that you are enough, that you belong, that you are beloved as you are, then 
fear disappears. You are free to create, free to innovate, free to risk, free to step out in faith without fear. And that's the beginning of creativity. That's the beginning of innovation. And that that applies in all areas of life. It applies in medicine, in science, in, um, in physics, in art, in writing, in architecture, in all fields of life this applies. When you begin with grace, when you begin with you are enough and you don't have to prove yourself and there's no and you've got freedom to fail, you're more willing to risk. And then we get amazing innovations, discoveries, amazing creativity new things come into being you can risk bringing something new into the world because you're not afraid to fail because your identity was never in that in the first place this is how important grace is we've become a world which is almost governed by fear i mean fear has always been prevalent in our culture but since 9-11 since the world economic meltdown fear has become more and more prevalent in culture and governments have obviously played on this. You know, we've become a culture full of fear where people are afraid to risk, where people are afraid to change, people are afraid to step out and innovate. And where there's less opportunity for that and less resources for that. Fortunately, the internet has become a doorway where people can create, can innovate, can bring fresh words out into the world um, because it doesn't cost much. But nevertheless, it's a culture of fear and we need to break that. And grace is the only way to break that. I'm going to talk about the implications of this concept of grace in the coming weeks because there's lots of dimensions to it. uh, Of discovering identity and who we are and security and um, expectations and um, finding your voice and finding your calling and all these kind of things. And I'm going to talk about these in in future episodes. But it's so, so important that we begin with grace. I mean, how many of you out there have things that you're hiding? Fears, insecurities, regrets, bad decisions, ways you've hurt people, addictions illnesses even things that you're hiding because you don't want to confront them because you'd rather push them in the background you'd rather just get on with life without talking about them you'd rather just bury it in the past maybe it's maybe it's grief from losing a loved one I did that I buried the grief of losing my mother for a long time and it built up and built up and became anger and and I had to get a lot of counselling to deal with that. And, you know, that anger's still there sometimes, you know. That hurt is still there. Because I didn't confront the truth, I didn't confront my grief. I wasn't honest about it. If you've got any of those things buried deep inside... They're going to hold you down. They're going to weigh you down for a long time unless you confront them. You need to find someone you trust, someone you love, someone you can be yourself with, someone who's on your side, and talk about this with them. Maybe you need to find a group and go and talk to them. 
Maybe it's your pastor. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's your home leader. Maybe it's somebody else. But you need to get this stuff out. You need to confront the truth. Because that's the beginning of the process of healing and forgiveness and transformation. It's the only way out of these, out of the darkness. Grace. And then you can make that new beginning where you rise up out of the water and you are the beloved son and God is pleased with you as you are. And always was. Nothing ever changed. You were always beloved. Or maybe maybe life has scarred you. Maybe you've been pushed down. Maybe you don't think you're good enough. Maybe you think you don't don't think you deserve good things to happen to you. I've struggled with that one as well. I really struggle with that one. Um, yeah, I find it really difficult to accept good things happening to me. I'm getting better. <laughs> But it's still a challenge because you're just waiting for the thing to go wrong. You're just, and you're not, you're not fully present in the moment. You're afraid of what might happen in the future rather than being fully present in the moment and feeling, experiencing the joy of that moment. Because you're afraid. And because you don't think you deserve to be happy. You don't deserve good things. You don't deserve to be loved. You don't deserve to be chosen, you don't deserve to fulfil your calling, you don't, you're not good enough for God, that you're not good enough for other people, that you're not good enough to succeed, that you're not, that you just don't matter. And this is a lie, I don't, I can't tell you enough how much of a lie that is, because I don't, I don't care who you are, you matter. You are you are amazing, you are beautiful, you are unique, you are beloved, you are you are accepted, you are welcome, you belong, you are enough. You don't have to ever prove yourself to anyone. Anyone. And your value does not come from what job you have, how much money you have, what status you have, what role you play. Whether you have a partner or not, whether you have a family or not. Your value does not come from any of that. You already have infinite value and worth as you are. You are infinitely loved as you are. You are enough as you are. You belong as you are. And please receive that. Please allow yourself to receive that. And you know what? It's difficult because every day you have circumstances which tell you that you're not. And I have this. I st- I struggle with this. You know, some days I'm really good. I'm able to I'm able to accept those good things about myself. But other days I, 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 I battle. I kind of like this can't be true. This I knew that, like something bad happens and you go oh I knew it. I knew this was too good to be true. I knew that all this stuff I was trying to believe wasn't really true at all. But then you get up and you battle on again and you choose again to believe that good truth. It's just an ongoing daily battle. And it's a process. It takes time. But in the end, you know, that process may take take a lifetime. But ultimately, 
it's one little step forward. It might be one. It might be two steps forward and one step back, but even that is one step forward. It's a lot. You know, it's very cheesy and corny, but life is a journey. You know, and working out grace in our lives is a process. I just want all of you out there who feel that you're worth nothing to stop believing that lie. And you don't have to prove how worthy you are, how important you are, because you're already important. Because you exist. Because you're here. Because you're alive. You are in, you are in, because you're alive, you are infinitely loved, valuable and precious and worthy and you belong because you exist and you'll still have that after you're dead and you still you had that when you were born you will always have that infinite value and worth no matter what nothing can take that away from you nothing you do can take that away from you nothing anyone does or says can take that away from you and I want you to receive that today I want us all to learn to begin with grace To know that we are enough, we belong, that we're accepted, and that we are amazing people. That we have, that we are unique, that we are special. And also that we all have an important role to play in the ongoing creation of the world. God created us and we're all creative, creatives. And if we begin with grace, we have the freedom to create to bring something new into the world, to share our story, to use our gifts, because we all have gifts. All of of us, every single one of us. And we're all a unique combination of our gifts and our talents and our experiences. And that means we all have something unique to share with the world. You have something unique to share with the world. And it may be that only one or two people hear that, but that's more than no one. So, get good at grace. Begin with grace. Begin with that you are enough. That you are loved and accepted as you are. Confront the truth of who you are, good and bad. And enter into that process of transformation and healing. And then go out and live a transformed life. And share that with other people. Bring something new and amazing into the world. If any of you are struggling with this and you want someone to talk about it and you feel like you've got nobody to talk about all this stuff with, email me, james at jamesprescott.co.uk or tweet me at jamesprescott77. I will get back to you because we all need to get this message and we all need to be heard. We need to get good at grace. Begin with grace. Let's talk soon. Take care.